2: This is episode 76 with Stacy Ferrara and Jared Kleinhardt.
1: Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now. Having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy!
2: I'm so excited today to have two of my good friends, Jared and Stacy, here to talk about their new book. 2 billion under 20. Jared is the co-founder and co-author of 2 billion under 20. He's also the founder of Kleinard Ventures and an in-demand public speaker. As a speaker, Jared's spoken to audiences of 20 to 1,000 plus people around the world, from TEDx stages to corporate boardrooms about the millennial empowerment, youth entrepreneurship, community building, and much more. He shared a stage with various thought leaders, including Peter Diamandis, Kevin Harrington, Les Brown, Charlie Owen, and even Pitbull, Mr. 305. And Stacy. Stacy is an established entrepreneur, best known for co-founding MySocialCloud.com, an online password manager whose investors included Sir Richard Branson, Jerry Murdoch, and Alex Welch. In 2013, she and her brother sold their company to Reputation.com. More recently, Stacy teamed up with Jared, and she co-founded 2 Billion Under 20, a community of extraordinary young individuals who refuse to believe that age is a barrier to achieving greatness. The company helps young people develop and chase their dreams at a young age. Ferreira has been featured in many publications, including the cover of Seventeen magazine, Huffington Post, Women's 2.0, Business Insider, TechCrunch, Forbes, you name it. She's killing it. She's a well-known speaker, and she's spoken at public conferences across the globe, including TechCrunch Bangalore, the Scottish Startup Summit, TEDxU San Diego, and Grammy Media Week. Welcome to the show, guys.
0: Thanks so much for having us. Excited to be here.
2: <laughs> My absolute pleasure. So why don't you, Stacy, start with telling me how you got involved with 2000000000 twenty, and then maybe you can go ahead, Jared.
0: Definitely. Um, so, I guess for me, the I guess the way that I got ushered into the the two billion under twenty community um, that we've really come to. Great is because I started um, an internet security company with my brother when I was 18 years old, and so I was of this group of people who were sub 20 years old who um, were really passionate about creating and building. And um, I sold that company at 20 years old and kind of realized that there there was a community, but it was kind of a really small community at the time of young people who were who were doing things like that. And so um, I guess we'll get into the story later about how Jared and I met. But uh, when when we had started discussing. Kind of what we wanted to build with 2 billion under 20. It was something that I, I believed in the mission of young people doing awesome things, and I wanted to do anything that I could to help out and help those kids who are passionate about, about creating. Cool,
1: cool. So, what about you, Jared? Yeah, so we we both actually met at the Teal Summit in November of 2012, and there was, there was one of the talks there that I heard. Uh, about how there were 20 people selected for this you know, wacky program called the Teal Fellowship each year. Uh, There's about 200 people in the room that day, and then 2 billion people in the world, 28 under. And the speaker kind of challenged us to spread the virus and get more young people to do amazing things with their lives. So that that talk kind of sat in my mind for a few months and started thinking about you know different ways that crowdsourcing could apply to. Other industries because the company that I had uh, before we started Two Billion Under Twenty was called Synergist, and it was a it was a crowdsourcing site that allowed you to or it was a crowdsourcing site for social entrepreneurs. Um, but I was thinking of ways that crowdsourcing could apply to other industries. Thought books would be interesting, and you know, in the shower one day, this idea for Two Billion Under Twenty came to me. Uh, pitched it to the Teal Group, which you're you're familiar with. And, and you know very shortly afterwards, uh, Stacy decided to come on board and help me make this book community and, and larger company movement a reality, and it's just kind of been a, a whirlwind ever since. I mean, I know we've, we've learned a lot in launching this book. I know uh, we've met really amazing people like yourself from all over the world, and it's just been a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: way too kind, brother, way too kind. So, Theo Foundation, then what next?
0: Yeah. So I saw the post that he had made on Facebook and then I reached out and said, yeah, um, this is something I'm interested in. Like I'd mentioned, that was the time that like I had literally, we had just sold the company like a month or two uh, before I saw that post, and so I was—I had a lock-in period where I had to work at reputation.com who acquired my last company, and I was kind of looking for like what am I going to do besides just work in this nine-to-five job, and um, when I saw that opportunity, I was like this is something I totally believe in, um, let's see what we can do with it.
2: This is so cool, so I, I'm loving the idea that you guys caught on at such an early age that you had the ability to empower other people who were, you know, twenty and under. Many people don't even think about this generation, where they think that you have to sort of grow older, get wiser, and then work harder. But the thing that I'm curious about is where this inspiration
1: came from. Just just yeah. took showers and get and had more ideas. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Last two years have been one long shower.
2: <laughs> oh Jared. Okay. So moving on from the shower thing what were the first steps that you guys took? You know, once you knew that you had the idea, you wanted to make this community and create an environment where people were inspired, what were the first things you guys did?
0: Yeah, so I think it's a couple of things. And um, I think the first thing that we did was we kind of cultivated a Facebook group of people that um, we thought were solid people who had really solid stories um, and people who, uh, we're, were actually making change in the world. And so we kind of cultivated that group and started talking to people kind of online through that group. And and the thing, too, that to keep in mind, Jared and I have been really active and still are really active in this, like, sub-20 community, going to all the TEAL Fellowship conferences, um, going to things like Teens in Tech that's unfortunately not around anymore, but kind of going to all of those events where, where these young, ambitious people hang out Um, so we were kind of really active in the community and then just started adding people into this Facebook group saying, Hey, here's a group where we can all kind of keep in touch beyond this one conference where we can all chat. And then we started building out things like, um, Google Hangouts where we would bring in, like we brought in, uh, the HR manager of Excel partners, which is like a VC firm in San Francisco to speak to everyone about like what it means. Um, to be in his position, what he looks for to hire for the the venture capital firm's portfolio companies, to try and add more value. So doing things like that to kind of bring the community to get together over things that we're interested in. Um, uh, but really, because everyone's so spread out, focusing on that Facebook group is what we had what we been doing previously. I don't know, Jared, if you have anything to add.
1: No, that's... Pretty spot on in terms of the actual book. I mean, like Stacy said, it started with our, our own personal networks, and you know, since both of us have been young entrepreneurs since young ages and had you know, different businesses in the past, we knew a bunch of different young entrepreneurs and young techies that consisted about of the first like twenty or thirty contributors that came on board. And you know, for, for two billion under twenty, the book we brought together seventy five really smart and ambitious uh, people, all twenty and under at time of writing. Uh, in order to get the two billion under twenty to act on their passions in life, and you know, so the first ten or twenty came from our networks, and then via those people, we got a bunch of different introductions, and also kind of poached other lists. So, you know, if you were twenty and under uh, on the Forbes thirty under thirty list in in two thousand thirteen, you got an email from us, and you know, same if you were on any like Inc list or Fast Company. Thanks for the invite, Jared. So, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately we met you too late and you're, you're too old. You're, you're a grandpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, so, and then you know, from there, when we've been building this larger online community, you know, Stacy hit it on the head. It's just really you know, anyone that we're meeting that's doing really ambitious, meaningful work, we're adding to our group because we don't want to let them go and we want to you know, get as many people as possible to act on their passions while also starting to get more and more people to work together on solving these really uh, big and ambitious problems.
2: see, I see. And, you know, flipping through the pages right now, this actually reminds me of the Chicken Soup series that I used to read when I was in high school. And, and I remember being captivated by those stories. Is that what you were going for with the book?
0: Yeah, and I love that you kind of compare it to the chicken soup for the soul because that's one of the things that we were kind of going for and that everyone in our generation and and especially the people who are kind of doing going above and beyond and doing more um, you know we're all about how can we be efficient with our time and so having those bite-sized like you can read this in five minutes ten minutes um, do one a night and just put it by your nightstand and then pick it up and read the next one the next night is kind of exactly what we were going for so I love that you compare it to that
2: now, you know, as Jared eloquently put put it out there, I'm practically the youngest grandpa out there, the twenty-five year old. So, since your book is called Two Billion Under Twenty, can people my age and older benefit from the book?
0: Yeah, so I would say that you're totally in our target demographic. So that's one of the things, um, now that we've kind of launched the book, we're looking at how can we um, kind of widen the reach. And we have a lot of things coming out shortly that, um, that'll be catered exactly to that age group between 20 and 35 ish. Um, so, so look out for things coming soon. People can sign up for our, um, subscribe to our email list to get updates on what we've got coming.
2: Good, because I was starting to feel left out.
0: A hundred percent, and and I'm there with you. I'm i o- I'm older than twenty as well, so um, so I'm there with you. I'm I'm an old grandma, I guess, as people would say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good, good, good. So, your dynamic, both of you, your dynamic, fascinates me because one, you got Jared here, was a globetrotter, always doing several things, and you're you're doing this gap here where you're traveling to different countries, and Stacy, you're these super like you know entrepreneur who's starting several companies but you're you know you're more uh more stable I would say as in terms of staying in the United States how do you guys work together and how do you make it work um as such young entrepreneurs who also have very different lifestyles
1: yeah it's it's been you know very interesting i think you know Stacy and I have really grown a lot together and we are we're certainly different types of people um but that's why we work so well together, and you know, I think that uh, as far as working remotely, you know, she's been very respectful of the the lifestyle that I try and cultivate for myself, which is this kind of digital nomad type style. And and she's had you know school and, and other things that she's been going in and out of, and, and she recently got a Teal Fellowship. So you know, there's there's different things that we've been doing in our own individual lives, um, yet we also have you know this crazy passion for what we're doing together. As well as just a very healthy uh, mutual respect for one another, to the point where, you know, we know that our our working styles are different, and we know that at times you know we're not going to be gelling so well together, and other times you know everything is firing on all cylinders. But you know, at the end of the day, there's a really a really solid backbone to our relationship as co-authors and co-founders, and it's it's been really meaningful to me. You know, actually, we uh, we really met at the, the same teal, teal Summit that we got the idea of the book and just shook hands in a New York City subway and it's grown into just an amazing uh, co-authorship, co-foundership and friendship and it does mean a lot to me. She's pushed me to become a better person and better entrepreneur um, as I'm sure I have with her and yes, yeah, it's, it's been really special.
2: Aww, you're going to make me bring out the tissues.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. What about you, Stacey? Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: No, yeah, it's been great. I think kind of touching on some of Jared's points, um, you know, both of us have, 2 Billion Under 20 is definitely a focus for us, but we both have, um, you know, other projects that we're working on as well. And so there have been times where, as Jared mentioned, this past year, I went back to school and I've been, you know, there are times where I'm busy with school and he's always right there as as a co-founder and co-author should be and taking up responsibility and then vice versa when something else is going on in his life. So I think it's worked really well for us. Um just because, you know, having another person always helps with when, when something gets really busy in one person's life, the other person is there to kind of uh, pick up the slack a little bit. And then and then from there, things can grow. And so I think it's been awesome having him as a co-author and co-founder.
2: So staying in that same vein, I want to talk about our generation. Many times, you know, people define, define this as people who are multitaskers. We have very short attention spans what advice do you have for our generation as it pertains to dealing and juggling multiple projects and still having success?
0: So I guess I can take this question first. Um, because I, I am doing multiple things. I This year I was in school. I have my own um, marketing technology company called Admore and then working on 2 Billion Under 20. And so I'm definitely doing multiple things. Um, that being said, I think that there's something to be said for our generation where everyone is kind of entrepreneurial in the sense that a lot of people, most people, I would say, in our generation have lots of different skills where they know surface level a lot of things that they're able to do. So every a lot of people might know about finance, they might know about marketing, they might know about technology, they might know how to code, um, but they might also have like one very specialized thing that they know really well, and then they know all these other things as well. And so I think that's kind of the thing that defines our generation and what we're going to start seeing moving forward is these people who... Um, have multiple projects, and it's it's totally fine to have multiple projects if you can handle that. Um, but then people who also, like you said, know a lot about a lot of things, um, but know one thing so deep and so in depth that that's that's something that they can always kind of lean on to support themselves, um, whether it be through consulting or through working at a company and then having side projects outside of the company or things like that. And I think that's kind of a hybrid model that that I'm starting to see a lot.
2: Completely agree, Stacy. Now, Jared, talk to me about the stages that young entrepreneurs go through. I mean you you you've had certain stages where you've certainly experienced different emotions in your journey as an entrepreneur. I'm wondering if you could sort of maybe flesh out some of the things you've you've had and maybe even talk about the experience as
0: a whole.
1: I think there's different stages that we enter as young entrepreneurs and just entrepreneurial thinkers in general. I think there's kind of an experimental phase where you're starting to see, you know, hey, what skills uh, do I have and what am I passionate about? And, you know, that's it, That's kind of where I've been the last couple of years. And then you know, in the last six months or so, uh, personally, I've gotten into this mode of like, okay, I know what are my top two or three focuses and what are the big projects. And now I just need to double down on them and, and really focus. Um, you know, so there, I think there is a beauty in being able to travel and being able to be entrepreneurial about your career, whether or not you start a company or are kind of an entrepreneur at various places. And I think more and more millennials are taking on entrepreneurial thinking in terms of their career. Uh, at some point then the flip, the switch needs to be flipped on and, you know, really in-depth focus needs to be, uh, had. So that's kind of the point where I'm at. You know, I, I balance, um, 2 billion under 20, which is my main focus. And then also I've been working on uh, my second book, which I'm turning into an information product and another community called the gap year experiment. And that's, you know, where I've been traveling the world, doing a bunch of different uh, crazy things in the name of uh, helping people become more conscious and aware of their major life decisions. And then you know, the consulting company, uh, while it's been under a separate name, I'm trying to slowly usher it in under the 2 billion under 20 brand. So I don't have to focus on you know, five different things, I can focus on two or three.
2: Now, Stacy, I remember when I was reading about you initially, I, one of the things that fascinated me and was like blowing my mind was that you got the attention of Richard Branson. And uh, Mr. Welch, how did that come about? Can you maybe just walk us through that story?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think the whole it's kind of interesting. It's been like four years since that whole thing started, but yeah, my brother and I and our friendship, Prakash started my social cloud in the summer of 2011. Uh, the story people love is yeah that we got invested in by uh, Richard Branson, Jerry Murdoch of Insight Venture Partners, and Alex Welch, who founded and sold PhotoBucket. Um, and we grew the company over the course of like 18 months and then got acquired by reputation.com. And at the time it was, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're doing what you have to do to kind of make, make the next day go by, make sure you can pay payroll every month, all those sorts of things. Um, but it was certainly an exciting experience. Um, I feel so incredibly fortunate to have learned so much, um, through that experience and also to have, to be given the opportunity to learn that much from people like Branson. Um, that's just kind of an opportunity that I, I'm so thankful for every day and certainly played a role in where I am. Um, and then selling it was, um, that was also kind of, it's tough to say. Like, it's an amazing experience because on one hand, you've you've had the experience at twenty years old of going through an acquisition, but on the other hand, it's like you're giving up the thing that you that you worked for for and thought about for the past two years of your life. Um, but overall, it was it was an amazing experience, and yeah, just learned so much and hoping that I can take what I've learned from that and continue to grow off of it and continue to um, do cool things with two billion under twenty and with Admore.
2: Great, awesome. So for the the young listener out there who's listening to this podcast and thinking about his or her passion, what can you say to him or her to rekindle that, harness that and use that to build something? And now that you have such a vast resource of people, what's to come with 2 billion on the 20?
1: Yeah, so I think I think you're touching on two different things. Uh for for us in terms of what's to come, um, you know, we what what two billion under twenty has afforded us is access to a world class talent pool of you know crazy wacky talented and smart people in all different industries you know, such as yourself and we have scientists in our group we have Olympic athletes, we have singers, we have techies, we have you know, really anyone you could think of um, who's around our age who's doing incredible things you know, we have them in our group or have access to them. And that provides the opportunities to grow, you know, multiple types of companies have different content streams. So, yeah, as Stacy said, we're we're kind of putting the finishing touches on one or two of our first hypotheses on what's bigger and to come. Um, so, just continue following in for updates. And then, as far as for your listeners in terms of how to go about, you know, what they're passionate about and how to start a business, perhaps or you know, start a project. I think it would go back to what I was saying earlier about just having an experimental mindset and you know, not necessarily waiting to start a business or not waiting to start that project that you've always dreamed of doing, but figuring out you know, what's the cheapest and quickest way that I can get this idea out there and run run an experiment on whether people will buy my product or whether people will use this certain service or read this certain blog that I've been dreaming about creating and then just go ahead and do it because we're living in an age where technology is growing so fast, and more and more people are starting to become entrepreneurial. They're thinking, where you know, if you wait six months, then your opportunity might be gone. So I would just say, you know, cut the BS and just go ahead and throw something up and see what happens. You know, it's just like we did with two billion under twenty. You know, throw a Facebook post out there and see what happens. I couldn't agree more. And, you know,
2: that's exactly how UID started. I just put it out on Facebook, and I created a website and reached out to my community and said, hey, this is kind of what I want to do. Um, do you want to submit stories? And then it you know, blew to everything else. So I definitely agree with you on that. What about you, Stacy? Do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the biggest thing, I agree with everything Jared said, but I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that change is the one constant in everyone's life. Um, it's going to happen no matter what. Even if you don't start the project that you're that you're thinking about working on, or if you do, you know change is going to happen in your life. So don't fear that. Um, and I would say, yeah, just if people have a project idea, just go out, experiment, test it, and don't be afraid of what's to come because every day there's something new and it and it changes. But that's the beauty of it.
2: Now, Stacey, given your experience with entrepreneurs, I'm curious, what have you noticed that entrepreneurs look for when investing in a company?
0: Definitely. So yeah, so we did raise money for the last business. Um, What did they look for? Um, Ambition. uh, Kids who really wanted to make something happen. I think we were at a point where we wanted to prove ourselves too. And so they could kind of see that hunger in our eyes of like, Hey, we, we want to prove ourselves and this is how we're going to do it. Um, We sent them kind of all the standard documents, uh, a pitch deck, um, Actually, I think it was just a pitch deck. And then uh, Jerry flew out to meet us and met with us over the course of the day. And then, so I guess I'll just give timeline-wise. We had kind of met Branson that summer in, I think it was June or July. And then a couple weeks later, Jerry flew out to meet us after we had kind of sent documents and sent an initial prototype. Um, And then they ended up investing that night. And I think it was one of those things where investors are really just looking for people that are hungry and passionate and people who aren't afraid to just go and make it happen. And I think having a prototype for us really helped with that. Um, so,
2: yeah. Ah, so your journey was a little different. You had met Branson before and you had built some sort of relationship. You also had a prototype. So it's, uh, you know, it's 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 not typical of the other entrepreneurship journey where people would be pitching to people they have never met before. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say that's like that's like not typical. So I guess for people who are like actually people who don't have the opportunity to like go to an event like that, and I think it's few and far between. I, I even asked myself today how that happened for us and I'm not sure. But um but for other people I think a lot of it is like looking, and I'm doing this for my next business right now, we're in the middle of raising money too, and it's it's looking on AngelList, it's looking through your LinkedIn, who do you know, who do they know, Um, ask people if they're willing to make an intro for you, Um, it doesn't hurt to just start talking to people, and I think positioning it as, hey, we're looking for advice, Um, and that's what we did with Branson, hey, we're looking for advice, and um, that turned into money, so. Okay, 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 cool.
2: I hear this phrase a lot, Jared. Luck played a huge part in your success. What do you think about that?
1: i I think you know I, I certainly can't not account for luck, but I think a lot more of it has to come with having a solid mindset or or multiple solid mindsets. you know every time that things are going well, it seems to just snowball and more things continue to happen that also do well, and same with you know if you're positive versus negative. Yeah, uh, you know, I was was kind of in a funk in December. Uh, I was backpacking Europe, December and January, and I was in Amsterdam. Uh, had a call with one of my mentors and just telling him, you know, hey, you know, here's what's going on. I'm not really uh, feeling 100 percent right now, and he had me start doing this gratitude journal, which you know, I simply opened up the Notes app on my iPhone and. You know two or three times a week I should be doing it every day but I don't uh, but two three times a week I'll just take five minutes I'll write down what I'm grateful for and even just doing something as simple as that you know frames my mind in a positive thinking way so that I can kind of accept good things and, and make you know push harder to make other things happen so I think there's there's multiple mindsets uh, that you could talk about in terms of being more positive and in terms of just continuing the hustle so Good things can happen, you know. If you put yourself in a good position and you work hard, I think opportunities will come your way. And you know, the more, the more you capitalize on opportunities, the more um, of those will come. So, you know, yeah, luck obviously you know has a, a role to play in it. You know, Stacy didn't see the tweet that Richard Branson had about her uh, about the cocktail party that she met him at. Um, you know, that I guess that's luck in a way because she can't really determine what's on her Twitter feed. Um, you know, I, I always think about Twitter as like throwing a, an orange ping pong ball into a river because there's just so much noise on the site that it's really hard for people to see what you tweet. So, you know, I guess there's luck in the fact that she saw Richard Branson's message, but there's no luck in you know the rest of that story in terms of you know really hustling to get the money to go to Miami in 48 hours and then you know, pitching him uh, this, you know, concept for my social cloud and everything that transpired afterwards. So yeah, sure, there's luck, but you know, the harder you work and the the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to the
2: meaty, juicy stuff. So what do people not know about you, Stacy?
0: I've actually been recently going on a lot of runs with friends around Manhattan, and I love running. So that's like the one thing that I uh, that I'm excited about now. <laughs>
2: And you, Jared, what's uh, tickling your fancy these days? What am I excited about? Um, th- that was the question, right? Yeah, 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 pretty much. What cool things are you finding yourself doing these days?
1: Um, I guess with the gap year experiment, I've been doing a bunch of wacky things that I haven't even told people about. Um, you know, so I've, been, I've done like, posture training with Miss West Virginia in the past year. I've learned how to cook from a, a chef who was trained by Bobby Flay. Um, he, you know, as we record this in late or in yeah in late June, uh, today I started a series of dieting experiments. Um, I'm doing like a Ramadan-esque type fast for the next week, and then I'm doing a different diet every week for the, the five weeks after that. So I just I've been doing a bunch of wacky things um, for to, to finish up research for my next book. So most people, and some people will see it on Facebook, but most people don't see the full picture of it.
2: Nice. Like uh, Tim Ferriss. Favorite sport? Basketball. Duh. New dad. <laughs> what about you, Stacey?
0: Oh man, this is tough. To play or to watch? Watch. To watch. Probably football.
2: All right. Now, the tough question. What has been your biggest
1: failure? We'll start with you, Jared. I guess my first company, uh, which was now I get uh I started at 15 and I never... Fully launched the thing. I actually made like every single business mistake you can think of, which you know it's it's fine because I was 15. But that was the uh, that was certainly the biggest failure. A whole like a year wasted. And you, Stacey?
0: I mean, some people would say that uh, dropping out of college twice is a failure. (laughs) Um, But uh,
1: twice so far.
0: Twice. I was gonna say twice so far. but I would say, you know, there have been kind of a string of things. To Jared's point, there have been a string of things before my social cloud and even after that uh, that I've worked on that haven't really gotten as far as as maybe I'd like them have to have. And so, I guess you could call those failures, but um, I think they're they're all stepping stones on the way to success.
2: Well, you know, I always like to say, I never lose. I either win or learn. Definitely. Thank you both for coming on here. Where can we find out more about your book, how can people support, and what do people need to do?
1: Yeah, buy the book. I mean, we've, we've, spent, uh, you know, we've spent over two years working on this thing, and I'm, I'm certainly not shy to make a request uh, of a 20 or $25 purchase. I think we, we brought together you know, 75 of the world's smartest and most talented uh, millennials from all over the world in order to share their stories with you, uh, chicken soup for the soul style. And you know, we're really happy it came out. So go on Amazon, go to your local bookstore and get uh, 2 Billion Under 20, How Millennials Are Breaking Down Age Barriers and Changing the World. And, and uh, personally, you can just email me at jared at twenty billionunder 20com or check out my personal website at Uh for any of the speaking and consulting stuff. And then you know, Stacey can fill you in on, on her stuff as well.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I echo that. Buy the book. Go to the the 2 billion under 20 website. If you're, if you're a 35 year old or under 35 and you're interested in joining the community, go to the website and join the community because we'd love to see what you're working on. Love to see how we can help you. Um, so buy the book, join the community. People can reach me at Stacy at twenty under 20com That's Stacy with an E-Y. Um, and people can also check out my personal site, StacyFerrera.com, to see what else I'm working on.
2: Awesome, awesome. All right, I will put all this in the show notes, and we'll get this out there, man. Let's try to get this a bestseller.
0: Awesome, and thank you so much for having us. Um, it's been a pleasure. The
2: pleasure's all mine, friends. The pleasure's all mine.
1: You've just been listening to the Ask Tall by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.